Is this on? Is it on? Is it on? Hello? 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 Who do who? Oh! <laughs> That's so funny. Does anyone know what that means? Okay, great. It's not very godly. <laughs> what? No, it's good. Uh, <laughs> what's up, Revel 1929? I'm so glad that you guys are here. Super pumped. How are you guys doing? I feel like this is super intimate. Like, you guys are just right here. Uh, and then there's, like, my peeps over there, like a squad. It's all good. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Nick Harry's in the building. He's great. <laughs> I thought, like, you guys would cheer, but it's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, all right, so we got some announcements. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we're having... Carolyn is Nick's mom, and she's really awesome, and she is hosting us a lunch. You know, I don't think that's the proper terminology because it's 2 p.m., um, but, like, it's, like, dinner, dunch. I think supper, like, I'm Irish, so we say supper. Supper is, like, a pre-dinner we like to eat. Uh, so we're going to do that. It's on February 9th. Hit me up for the Addy address. <laughs> As I said it, I was like, that's not appropriate. I didn't think it, you know, it was innocent. So anyways, uh, <laughs> and then we're doing something really different. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's a different name. It's called House Parties, and that's going to start next week. It's like our small group, but it just sounds more fun because we are fun. And so we want a name to kind of embody what we do in. It's a house party. So next Thursday, 7 p.m., it is at 831 Oak Street. If you forget that address, come see your girl. Come see someone else, Holly Davis, Nick Harry. There's a bunch of people. Just We'll, we'll post it on Instagram. Y'all follow the Instagram? Okay. Follow it. Stalk it constantly. Just be all up in that. Okay, great. <laughs> all right. Also, kind of a big announcement. Um, this past Sunday, we had our Vision Sunday. And so it was super dope, totally slapped. And we have, I don't know if you guys noticed, I have so much slang, it's ridiculous. <laughs> People probably think I'm speaking a different language. It's fine. Uh, I don't know if you saw on the marquee, but it says Revelry Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is that is our church's name now. And what? So there wasn't. There's no beef. We love Amplify Church. They love us. They have blessed us so much. Prayed over us, and they and and we also felt that we wanted to be a church specifically for Indiana. And so they give us um, their blessing. And so now we are Revelry Church. And it's super exciting. And that probably explains to you why the heck our name is Revel 1929. So that's, that happened. I'm not going to go into any more detail right now, but if you have any questions, we would totally love to talk to you about that. 
Um, just know that we love Amplify. They're amazing. Um, my life was changed by Amplify and so many other people in this room. So, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> I love you. You're great. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start here. Well, first off, this is our series. It's called Storytime. And pretty much what um, inspired this is me and Nick were talking about what series we wanted to do for this semester. And I did a Bible college on Seattle called Church Home College. Nick also did that. And we, I took a class called Old Testament Survey, and it blew my mind how much Jesus is in the entire Bible even the Old Testament. And so I really wanted to kind of dive into that, the Old Testament and these stories from there, and just explore Jesus and, you know, focus on him. So that's what we're doing. We're going to start in Genesis 12, 1. And there is a lot of scripture, but it's going to be dope. So all goody. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Jesus, you our most dope. We love you so much. We are so thankful that you are here with us today, but you are here with us always, and we have unlimited access to you. Thank you so much for every single person in this room. God, I just pray that you would just lead me tonight, lead my words, speak through me, and help me to paint a better picture of who you are. We love you because you first loved us. Amen. Dude, I'm, I'm like pumped about this chair. I'm so sorry. I'm probably so distracting. I'm like, <laughs> and it's like, I'm so short. So you, you guys can't see, but like, I cannot put my feet flat on the floor. <laughs> like I'm just doing like a tap dance. I'm just going to stand. It's fine. All right. So <laughs> have you guys ever, for the, there's, there's either, either you follow Christ, either you believe in Christ, or maybe you don't. And that's totally fine. We love you. You don't have to believe what we believe. We uh, are Jesus people, and so I'm going to talk in the Bible, but it's all good. We're not pressuring you or anything. We love you. You are welcome here, and we're so glad that you are here. First off, I want to start with that. But have you ever felt that you were supposed to do something? Like either God put it on your heart, or you just like knew in your knower you're supposed to do something, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do this, and it's going to be awesome. And then you, like, go to do it, and, like, it doesn't seem like you thought it would. Yeah. So <laughs> last year, I applied for Church Home College, and it's, like, a Bible college. And a year before that, I felt God spoke to me and said, you're going to do, like, an internship program at a church. And I was, like, sick. And so I applied, and I got accepted. And I was getting ready to go, and I was like, this is going to be dope. God's going to change my life. I'm going to come back a completely different person, and I'm going to be so strong, and I'm going to, like, have so much experience, and it's going to be so good. And then um, it didn't, like, start off very much like that. Uh, so I hate flying. Anyone else hate flying? Like, you're terrified of heights. Or, like, I, it was the first time I was ever on an airplane. And 
I was terrified. Like, so my mom came with me because she's really great. But we ended up leaving for the airport, I think like four o'clock in the morning. So we're like super tired. And my mom is probably the most like irresponsible person ever. Uh, I love her very much, but like she's not very responsible. Shade, I know. Uh, and so we were leaving to go to the airport and I'm like, you know, I'm a little nervous, I'm excited. And we don't have any gas in our car. My mom did not put gas in our car. We almost ran out of gas on our way to the airport. And my stepdad was driving us and he's freaking out. And then we get to the airport and my mom forgot her driver's license. <laughs> so like my stepdad had to like drive back. And she's like, I don't even know. And I'm and we're like going to go. I'm like, I'm good to go to through security, but like something about security like really scares me because I feel like I don't look like a good person. Like, like I like have like gauges and like my head's like shaved and I'm like, I got tattoos, like they're gonna stop me. Like and so I like look at my mother with tears in my eyes and my face is beat red. I'm like, I am leaving without you. <laughs> and I was like, I'll be over there. And if you're not over here by then, I'm leaving. I don't even care. <laughs> she was like, okay, honey. Like, she's like so sweet. I'm like screaming at her, <laughs> not acting like Christ <laughs> on my way to Bible college. And then like even going through security, my mom has a metal plate in her back and she didn't get the form that says like, I have a metal plate in my back. And I was like, mom, you need to get that because if not, they're going to reach up your butthole. Like it's not going to work out for anyone. They didn't reach up her butthole. She was okay. But like, it was like dramatic. <laughs> so, so, then, so then we finally, I'm finally in Seattle. I twitching and everything. This is my nerves are all crazy. And like, I follow a specific diet for my health. And your girl couldn't follow that diet because of airport, all that jazz. So I'm finally settled in. I'm excited. I met my roommates. My mom's getting me all settled in. She's like, let's go to Target. Like, who loves Target? Like, Target is the best. And I'm like, yo, this is about to change my day. I'm going to go to Target. And I'm going to get what I need. And it's going to be so dope. And <laughs> I went. I went in. And I'm, like, walking. And I was like... I just felt very uncomfortable in my stomach. And my eyes, I just go, oh no. And my mom was like, what's wrong? And I was like, like literally start sprinting, but like a waddle penguin run to wherever the bath, I didn't know where the bathroom was. And I, dude, it just happened, dude. I crapped my pants outside of Target. And I was wearing a dress, y'all. And I was literally, I like come out of the bathroom and me and my mom just communicate with our eyeballs. And we just start laughing. But in my head, I'm like, yo, I'm 27 years old. I just pooped my pants. I set a target. And this was supposed to be a great trip. And I was supposed to come here and God's going to change my life. And, but yo, pooping your pants is not qualifies a good start to college it doesn't and then even going into it it was like it was rough y'all but in the end after that 
the semester went. God worked on me, y'all. It was so dope. So dope. And so uh, I was blessed. God told me I was going to be blessed, that he was going to change my life. And he did indeed change my life. But in the beginning, yo, it was rough. Nick Carey came to visit me. I was crying. I was like, I hate it here. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> but dude, there, in our, in this book, there are stories of so many people who God promised they were going to bless. And a lot of times they messed up, fell short, or they had to wait, y'all. They had to have faith, and they had to believe that God was good. And so we're going to talk about a dude. His name is Abram. Starts off as Abram, you know. And so what I read at the beginning, that is God promising Abram at the age of 75 that he is going to be a great nation, that God's going to turn him into a great nation. And so he picks up his stuff, and he follows God. He follows God wherever he tells him to. He goes all over, and he takes his wife, and he takes his nephew. And then, so he tells him that in the beginning. Then we move into 13, where him and his nephew separate. I'm, this is like Cliff's notes, but it's like Britt's notes of Abram slash Abraham. And so we got 13, 14. God says it again, different wording. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north and to the south, to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length of the breadth. I was like breath, breath of the land for I am giving it to you. And so there again, he is reassuring Abram, yo, your offspring gonna be popping. Like no one can count sand. That's how many peeps you gonna have, okay? Then we move into 15. God reassures him again. 15.1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Then Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you count, you can count them. And he said to him, uh, so, shall, so shall your offspring be. <clears throat> so he tells him in the beginning, you're going to be a great nation. Then he reassures him again with the sand. Then he reassures him again with the stars. And you can tell, obviously, Abram's kind of like, dude, you promised me? And I don't have no kids yet. And in fact, his wife is barren. She has never had kids. And they old. Like, 
literally, I said 75 is when he told him they're old. So that's like a freaking miracle if they have a kid. And so he's saying, my, my servant is going gonna, is gonna to have my baby. And God says, no, 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 no. You and your wife will have a baby. That is the promised child. But then going into 16, his wife is telling him, the Lord has kept me from children. It's like a very dramatic. The Lord has kept me from children. Therefore, have sex with my slave. Have sex with my servant. And like she's like just saying, yeah, like do it. And Abram's like, well, if my wife's telling me I can have sex with someone else, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Screw what God said. <laughs> and like literally, that's what they do. He, like, he marries her. But she gives him a servant and they conceive. And they have a baby named Ishmael. But that is not the promised child. Still, Abram messed up. He had, it doesn't mean he didn't have faith. It just means he messed up. So then we kind of like leapfrog. Oh, we're in 17. Now your boy is 99 years old. Still no kid. Just the one to the servant. Didn't have the promised child yet. And God is reassuring him again, saying, I will make you the father of many nations. And he keeps going. And, and, and Abram's like, yeah. And he's like, actually, I'm going to read. I'm going to rename you. Your name's Abraham, exalted father. And Abraham's like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Name change. I can vibe with it. And then, and then God's like, yeah, we're going to have a covenant. And you're going to be circumcised. And Abraham's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, like, God, like, goes in, yeah, and your wife, she's going to be named Sarah. And he's like, okay, but, like, you, you still want me to, to, to get circumcised. Everyone in my, everyone in my household? Okay, I'm, I'm 99 years old. <laughs> and, like, so, like, honestly, I'm just going to, just, I just thought of this in my head, and I thought I would share because it it's pretty gross, but... I just thought, like, he literally, after that verse, it, like, says, and, and Abraham went, and he took his son and every male in his household and, and himself and circumcised him. So, like, literally, he just, like, circumcised him and just, like, handed, <laughs> handed Ishmael the knife and was like, here you go, you're next. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he did it in faith, like, all right, God told me I got to cut off my foreskin, okay. Uh, anything else? All right, cool. So then we leapfrog over to 21. <laughs> he has the baby, right? At, at 100 years old, Sarah gives birth, and they name him Isaac. He laughs. The Lord made them laugh. Look at him. Have, we have a baby at 100 years old. This is hilarious. And then we roll up in 22. And this story is, like, very, like, well-known because of how, like, jacked up it is because you, like, read it, and you're just like, ah, God told you what? Like, so pretty much the summary here in 22 is God tells, God tells Abraham to take his son, his only son, who he loves, take a three-day hiking trip up a mountain, and then, oh yeah, you don't even have to put that up there. Uh, <laughs> up a mountain, and you're going to sacrifice him to God. 
And Abraham's like, well, okay, let's let's pack up the camels and our servants and let's let's head on out. So they go for a trip. And they go up on, it's like him and Isaac, and they go up on the hill mountain and they, you know, they carry up the wood, puts it on, binds Isaac, you know, sets him on the altar, goes, brings a knife, and then God's like, no! <laughs> and stops him. And so when you read that, you're like, that is jacked up. Like, what? But it kind of, I, when I was studying it, I, I realized that it doesn't say how old Isaac is here, but he went on a three-day trip. He was carrying wood, had a conversation with his father. A lot of theologians think he's about 16 years old. And so that makes Abraham 116. Okay, went on this three-day trip. Abraham knew that Isaac was the promise. He knew his only son, who he loved very much, was the promise. And he believed that God, even if, he, even if Abraham sacrificed Isaac, God would bring him back to life. Because it's a freaking miracle. I keep saying freaking. Sorry. Um, it's a miracle that they had a baby in the first, because like, they were 100 we don't really know how old Sarah was, but we know that Abraham was 100 and they were old. And so it's a miracle that that even happened. So he believed that Isaac would be brought back to life. And also, it says that he puts him on the altar, he binds him. But I'm pretty sure a 16-year-old kid could beat the crap out of a 116-year-old dude. And so, really, Isaac was submitting to his father. He trusted him. He believed him that it was going to be okay. And it reminds me a lot of a story of a guy named Jesus who came on this earth. And his father asked him, created for a purpose of sacrificing himself for us because he loves us so much. His one and only son for us, who he loves very much. And so we're going to really leapfrog over to Romans. Romans 4, 13. Hey, there we go. I might just read out the screen because it's super long. Prepare yourselves. <clears throat> it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be the heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there are no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace, it may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, 
just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had a power to do what he had promised. That is why it is credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believed in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. So it was through Abraham's faith that he saw him as righteous. It wasn't him fulfilling a law. It wasn't because he never messed up or was, was perfect. He wasn't. He did mess up. But it was through his faith that he was considered righteous. So when God sees us, he doesn't see our sin, our faults, our failures. He actually sees Jesus because Jesus sacrificed his life for us. And so I know a lot of times we get in the caught up into just feeling like we need to fulfill some type of law, like we need to be perfect, and that's not it. All God's want, all God wants is our faith. All he wants is us to believe in him and to have a relationship with him. That's it. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. He was perfection. We will never be perfect, but God sees us as perfect. He sees us as righteous. <laughs> and God wants to bless you. And sometimes I know it's really hard because you, this, we live in an imperfect world. And so things happen. Our lives, you know, Either we mess up, people around us mess up, and it influences us. But yo, Jesus, let's rest in him. There's this saying that people say it all the time. It just literally drives me nuts. It says, you do your best, and God will do the rest. Well, God already did his best, so you need to rest. You need to rest in him. He already did the work. He paid the price on the cross. It said, it is finished. There was one sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, and it was Jesus. And he died for you. It is finished. So let's uh, close our eyes. Have a moment of privacy. If you're here tonight and you haven't accepted Jesus, uh, into your heart. He wants to make a home in your heart today. And so I just want to give anyone, um, everyone, the opportunity to do that today. Because God loves you so much. I know that's hard sometimes because you're like, I know myself, when I accepted Jesus, I'm like, how could he love me? I'm, you know, we just look at ourselves and it's we're mean to ourselves. But God loves every single thing about you. He's never left you. He's always been there. And
tonight, I think he's waiting on you. And so if that's you, if you want to that, take that step of faith and accept Jesus, um, I'm going to count to three. And you can raise your hand. And it's not the raising of the hand that saves you, but it's your heart. It's faith. It's, that's the one thing that impressed Jesus when he was on this earth was faith. And it healed people. And so if that's you, go ahead and raise your hand in one, two, three. I'm going to, I have another group of people that I want to pray for as well. And you've accepted Jesus, but you've kind of fallen back into the you need to do everything right kind of thing and kind of feel like you've gotten back to kind of feeling in bondage over the law, uh, following the rules and, and getting really upset when you mess up, being, you know, a human being and um, just struggle with kind of striving and relying on yourself and instead of Jesus. And so I really want to pray for you tonight as well. So if that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. Jesus, we love you so much. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in the world that we live in right now, and we get so caught up in our busy schedules and to-do lists that we forget about how awesome you are and that you're here all the time, that we just simply have to look to you and rely on you. And so will you just help us to remember that we just need to rest in you, that you're going to take care of everything, that you want to bless us, and uh, we just want to feel that urge to walk in faith and walk in following you and, and not ourselves, not relying on ourselves, God. We love you so much. Amen.